If you read or watch science fiction of the time travel vein, then you're familiar with this uh, predicament, where one of the characters runs into himself in either the past or the future. That scene is always, uh, and sometimes, I, that is, it's uh, sometimes uh, awkward, you know, an awkward kind of meeting. Sometimes it's a humorous meeting. But no matter how they present it, there's always a kind of underlying sense of shock, of strangeness, even of fear. Like, what's going to happen now? Almost anything could. And I, I see something very like that in today's feast of the presentation, because when Mary and Joseph bring their, their son Jesus into the temple, what are they doing? They're bringing the new temple into the old temple. You remember Jesus says in the scriptures, there is something greater than the temple here that is him. Or in another place he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The evangelist reminds us he was speaking about the temple of his body. So Jesus is the new temple. So when the baby Jesus is suddenly brought into the, the old temple, it's like the temple of the, of the past is suddenly face to face with the temple of the future. And what might happen? Almost anything could. One of the things that does happen is that we learn from this mystery how we should enter the temple. And that is what I would like to reflect with you about today, uh, is how we enter each Sunday into the temple. What does that mean? Now, to understand, we've got to back up and ask ourselves the question, what is the temple? The temple is that place at, on which, in which, God makes himself present here on earth. So we can understand how Jesus, as God incarnate, is that new and greater temple. He is present in a much deeper way. He's actually walking around here on the earth. But uh, well, the interesting thing is, as he enters into the temple, you know, although the, the temple is that place where God is present, that concept always comes along with the concept of the priesthood and the concept of sacrifice. Why does God make himself present in the temple? Not just for kicks, as we might say, you know, but because he wants his priests to offer him sacrifice. So when Jesus enters the temple, he is also entering as the new and eternal high priest. When Jesus dies on the cross, which is, of course, right outside the city of Jerusalem, right outside where the temple is, what happens? The veil in the temple, which separates the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, from the rest of the world, really, is ripped from the top down to show that the, the old temple has fulfilled its purpose. Jesus has now become the new and definitive sacrifice. So there's the mystery. In the one way, Jesus is the temple, but in another way, he's the priest. So now flip that around. If Jesus is the temple for us, then who are the priests that minister in the temple of Christ? Now, you might say, uh, of course, myself, Father Jim, men who are ordained to the, the ministerial priesthood. Well, you're not wrong, but you're missing more than half the picture. Each year, I try to um, do a crash course with our eighth grade school students in the Mass. 
And I always get them with this question. You know, I say, how many priests are there in Mass? And they always want to say, one, you. And I say, you're wrong. All of you are priests, right? By our baptism, we all share in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. We enter into Christ as our temple. But then what is our sacrifice? If we are priests, we must have sacrifices to offer. And I always love to talk with the eighth graders about, especially the uh, parts of the Mass, the prayer of the faithful and the offertory. Because these two parts of the Mass really bring out, I think, the, the role of all Christians as priests, the baptismal priesthood. Because what are we doing in the prayer of the faithful? We are making a, a sacrifice, an offering to God of our prayers, right? All the things that we're thankful for, all the things that we are grieving or sorry about, we are offering to God. All of our own petitions and needs, but not just ours, all the people that we know uh, who have asked for our prayers, who we know that are in need, we're offering those prayers as well. You all notice, I'm sure, that how the, the deacon always kind of pauses after he reads the, each intercession before he says, let us pray to the Lord, right? I make them do that, you know. Uh, if you don't like it, it's my fault. Uh, it's because that's the moment where we, each one of us, is supposed to be thinking of the prayers that we want to insert there that are related to whatever that petition just was. We're making that sacrifice of prayer. The offertory, of course, as we see the, the gifts of bread and wine and your money uh, come up in the, in the procession, that should be reminding us, I am making a sacrifice of my time, of my talent, of my treasure, ultimately of myself, right? That's what Jesus really wants. He wants us to give him ourselves. He doesn't really want to change bread and wine into his body. He really wants to change you. He really wants to change us into his body. That is what it means that we are a priestly people. We enter into the temple that is Christ. I, uh, when I taught or teach the eighth graders about the mass, I always give them quizzes because if I didn't quiz them, they would never pay any attention to anything that I said. Um, so recently I was grading a quiz where I asked them the question, what do we offer at mass? What is our sacrifice? And one of them wrote down the Eucharist. Now, see, I'm as bad as the rest of you because my initial thought was, no, no, the, it's the ministerial priest that offers the Eucharist. But then I thought, no way, that can't be true. Every Christian must, when they come to Mass, offer the Eucharist because there is only one acceptable sacrifice, and that is Jesus Christ. He, on the cross, which is to say, in the Eucharist, is the only acceptable sacrifice. If we're not uniting our prayers and ourselves to him, we are not an acceptable sacrifice. But if we are, go back to that uh, science fiction for a second, you know, there's always that gizmo or gadget in science fiction stories where once you have it, it allows you to be teleported, you know, transported beyond the normal abilities someplace far away. Well, that is what happens in a sense when we receive Holy Communion. When we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we are suddenly transported, transferred from earth to heaven. There's the thing that, that brings us into connection with God. When we receive Holy Communion, we become an acceptable sacrifice to God. And see, that brings us back around to that idea of sacrifice. Because why does God demand sacrifice? He's just up there like a big greedy God, gimme, gimme everything that you've got. No. 
It's a rescue operation, right? That's the reality. It is those people, those things, those situations in our lives that we sacrifice to God that will be found again in heaven, in the new heavens and the new earth. And in a sense, only those things, only those things that we sacrifice to God can be saved. Sacrifice is the way that God rescues them. So you see how important uh, our job is at, at Mass. When we come into the temple of Jesus Christ to be his priests, we are literally saving the world, but only in as much as we bring the world with us and sacrifice it and sacrifice ourselves to God. So let us, every Sunday, enter into the temple of Jesus Christ as his priests, as his priests who are able only in and through Jesus Christ to offer an acceptable sacrifice to the Father and bring salvation to the whole world.